Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Whatever you might think about being woke, the truth is that the Bible clearly teaches us as believers in Christ that we should be awake. Pastor J.D. helps us to see in today's prophecy update that God's word not only helps us to live for today, but to prepare for tomorrow. Are you awake and watching for the soon return of Jesus? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 31st, 2022. For today's update, I want to talk with you about what Scripture really says concerning one being awake as it relates to Bible prophecy. You know what's sad? Like with everything else, Satan has sought to, and in large measure, succeeded at the counterfeiting and confusing of this particular biblical truth. Namely, that of being awake, or as the world has dubbed it, being woke, which is yet another marring, even perverting of the truth. I know that's strong, but it's a needed strength. And actually, if you wouldn't mind, I I would like to pray If you would join with me, this particular update is one that the enemy will do everything he can to disrupt, distract. This is very important and very serious. So let's pray, if you would, please join with me. Father in heaven, I humble myself before you and ask of you to be present here by way of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher and our guide as we navigate our way through this very touchy topic. Lord, you have to get our attention, and then once you do, you need to keep our attention and not allow the enemy in any way to distract our attention so our minds wander, because certainly he will do everything and stop at nothing to distract us from that which you have for us today. So, Jesus, you take over and guide my words. May they be seasoned with grace, my speech with clarity, my heart with humility. In Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. So I want to begin with the Merriam-Webster definition of woke. Have you heard this word? Woke. Well, quote, it is chiefly U.S. slang, meaning aware of and actively attentive to important facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. In their definition, they quote a Barbara Lee, who of this says, quote, we have a moral obligation to stay woke, take a stand, and be active, challenging injustices and racism in our communities, and fighting hatred and discrimination wherever it rises. Well, we have a problem. The problem is that this and any derivative of being woke, as defined by the world, is the antithesis of how it's defined in God's Word. What God's Word says about it in its definition of it. And as we're about to see, God's Word does exhort us to be awake, but first and foremost for salvation in the Lord and the return of the Lord. It's then, and only then, that the injustices and wrongs of which there are many in this fallen world, keyword fallen world, it's then and only then that the injustices and wrongs are made right, which is why Jesus said there is no reason for us to fight. Jesus said that? Yeah. John's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 36. Listen to this. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you've noticed an increase of Christian ministries and woke churches promoting this and even preaching this. Thankfully, those with spiritual discernment, to their credit, are not deceived by this because they know the true gospel in the Word of God. And it's for this reason that the Apostle Paul, with what I like to call a sanctified strength, would address this very matter in his letter to the churches in Galatia, 
chapter 1, Galatians, starting in verse 6. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, a social justice gospel, a Republican gospel, a Fox News gospel, a Newsmax gospel, an American gospel, a patriot gospel. It's not the gospel. You're turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to, strong word, pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, and Paul is speaking of himself, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. It's a false gospel. Now, we have a question before us, and the question is, what is the gospel? (laughs) So glad you asked. For the answer to that question, we need look no further than to 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. Uh, By the way, when you think gospel, you probably default to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses. That's kind of the go-to passage where Paul says, this is the gospel. But the reason I'm choosing and using 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is because this is the first epistle that the Apostle Paul ever wrote by the Holy Spirit. And it was to the church in Thessalonica, which he only spent maybe some believe at the very most, maybe three months before he was in effect ran out of town. But he started this church, and he, for the first time, mentions the gospel. Not to the Corinthians, to the Thessalonians. And he says that the good news is the gospel, which means good news, your debt has been paid, you're free to go. That's what the word gospel means, good news. The first time he mentions the gospel is to the Thessalonians in his first epistle. And it's that Jesus came the first time to die for us, pay in full for us our sins, and is coming soon at the rapture. Then, after the seven-year tribulation, 
He's coming at the second coming. I like how one said it. At the rapture, Jesus comes for us. At the second coming, Jesus comes with us, ten thousands by his side. So the first letter that Paul writes is to the Thessalonians, and it's the first mention of the gospel, and it's in the context of the rapture. Let me say that again. The first mention of the good news of Jesus Christ is written to a church, and it's in the context of the rapture of the church. And you know it well, 1 Thessalonians 4. At least I hope you do. If not, if you're new to this, praise the Lord. <laughs> he says in verse 14, 1 Thessalonians 4, here's the gospel. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him, speaking of death. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep, speaking again of death. And here's why, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. That's very important. We'll get into it. Two trumpets in Scripture. The trumpet of angels, the trumpet of God. First trumpet, last trumpet. Trumpet of angels, first trumpet for Israel. Last trumpet, trumpet of God for the church. Make that distinction, please. The trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. This is the bodily resurrection. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. Harpazo in the Greek. Rapturos in the Latin. That's where we get our transliterated word rapture. We will be raptured, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. This is not the second coming. Jesus does not come to the earth. He comes to take us out of the earth and we meet Him in the air. And so, whew, we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Okay, here's where I'm going with this. The Bible is not silent when it comes to being awake nor is it silent as to why we're to be awake. Here are just two such passages about being awake, and the common denominator with both is that of salvation and the rapture of the church. 
Let me draw your attention first to Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse 11, the Apostle Paul. Do this, knowing the time, understanding the times, like the men of Issachar, who understood the times they were living in and knew what to do. Understanding the times, do this, that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. In other words, you're asleep spiritually, you need to wake up because it's day now. The night is almost over. It's daytime. It's high time to wake up. Wake up from your spiritual slumber. First Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Hang on to that. While people are saying, verse 3, peace and security, some of your translations render it safety, it's the same Greek word, asphalia, translated security or safety. While people are saying peace and security, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. And then he says it again, verse 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Okay. Again, the reason 
I wanted to go to First Thessalonians. And the reason I sensed that the Lord would have me go in this direction is because of the paramount importance of this prophetic truth. Please hear me out, and don't let the enemy distract you. I don't want you to miss this. Think this through with me. This is his first letter, and he's teaching these new believers within the span of, let's just call it three months. He's teaching them the rapture and Bible prophecy. These are new believers. And, and he's teaching them about the rapture. He's teaching them Bible prophecy. And then he's saying to them, in the context of the rapture and Bible prophecy, let's be awake, because we're children of the day, not the night. Well, it seems that this is so important that Bible prophecy would rise to the level of being taught to and understood by new believers. In verses 1 through 3, he even starts by telling them that he actually doesn't even need to really write to them about this, because they already know this. What do they know? They know very well that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Not for them, though. He then tells them that it will come suddenly, and verse 3, of course, a verse that we talk often about in our prophecy updates, while they are saying peace and security, he says sudden destruction will come upon them. It is so important to delineate between them and us. We, we, not they, we who are alive and remain. And the reason he says this in this way is because they knew of his coming. And as such, they were awake and watching. That's why it is that he didn't really even need to write to them about this, because when Jesus comes, it would not be for them as a thief in the night. Why? Because they were expecting it. They were awake, and they were watching, and they were ready. He says this in verses 4 through 8, when he talks about being awake, not asleep. So we're not surprised when he returns, doesn't catch us off guard. Now here's the thing. There are those who are not awake and alert in the spiritual sense which is why they're unaware of the nearness of the Lord's return. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. 
How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.